0: You can turn to the New Testament book of Luke. So it starts out Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we're going to take a look at part of the Christmas story from Luke here in a moment, and then we'll pick a a few things from um, the book of Matthew as well. My name's Joe Crummy, and it's just a privilege to be able to speak this morning and to take a look at Jesus being our Savior and Savior of the world. And I'm just going to start out, and I'm going to see if this phrase or quote is well-known Uh, beyond just sort of Canadian culture and to see if you guys might know what I'm going to talk about. So there's a phrase that is supposedly true for all cultures and supposedly true throughout all the ages. And this saying contains two words that are always going to be with us. Is that a big enough of a hint? Two words that are always going to be with us and it applies to every culture sort of every period of time, including today. So some of you have to wake up, take another drink of that coffee. Two words that are always with us. Oh, man. (laughs) Now we've got an extra five minutes, because you you answered it right away, Darren. (laughs) Well done. How many of you have heard of that phrase or that quote before? All right. We need to educate some of our younger people on that phrase. So, a phrase is, two things that are always with us, death and taxes. And I'm not sure if death and taxes is what comes to mind when you think about Christmas. However, these two things are evident in the Christmas story, and the narrative that we read both in Luke and in Matthew. So, I think we're going to have the verses from Luke come up here. And we're going to read from Luke 2, 1 to 12. And then I'm just going to read a couple of verses from the book of Matthew as well. So f- probably familiar to most of us, but here, let's read it again. Uh, Luke records this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Canerius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to, to register. And then if you, I'll just read a couple of verses, and this is from Matthew 2, picking up just after the wise men had been uh, to Jesus and had given their gifts, and it says this, when the wise men had gone, an angel, the Lord, appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him, who was the king at the time. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said to the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. And when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So taxes, a census in Roman history, a census was a headcount for things like taxes. And God used it to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem to fulfill the ancient prophecy found in the book of Micah. Death and As I said, sometimes when we think of Christmas, we think, hey, tiny baby in a manger, and we don't read the rest of the story. As in Matthew 2, we see Joseph was warned by an angel in a dream to flee Egypt, because Herod was jealous of this new king and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem who were two years old or younger in that whole region. And it says there was great weeping and great mourning. And in Jesus' life, Jesus experienced the reality of a sick world, all kinds of people suffering, persecuted, diseases, sicknesses, people dying. And we read even his good friend Lazarus, when he died, Jesus wept. And Jesus' death, he, he himself did not escape death, but experienced death by being hung on a cross. And throughout history, there is one thing all of us cannot escape or avoid. And that is death. So on the first one, you can cheat on your taxes, but you can't cheat on death. All of us, the Bible says, are destined to die once and to face the judgment. So we have some common things here this morning for all of us, no matter what our background is, where we come from, our culture, our genealogy, our history, that we all have some sober things to face when it comes to the reality of life and death. And with that comes things like fears, sorrow, grief, and to be honest, when we talk about death, a great mystery as well. There are a lot of things we just don't understand. And if we read God's story, we realize this, death was not part of God's original plan. And the Bible says that death is an enemy. So we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, Paul said this, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So why would Paul call death an enemy? Because death destroys life, and God, in contrast, is the creator and author and sustainer and giver of life. And if we look at the story of God's original plan, we'll see it did not include things like sin, which we'll talk about in a minute, pain, suffering, and death, that actually death came as a result and a consequence of god's creation disobeying and not believing god there was a cause and effect and i'm just going to briefly remind you and maybe some of you hearing it for the first time of all the way back at creation god created the first male and female adam and eve and god gave them paradise with authority responsibility and dun 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 choices god gave them the ability to choose and we see that it was paradise They walked with God. They knew God, their creator. They had relationship with one another. We had the first marriage, and they worked, and they had joy and peace and life, and it was very good. And we kind of go, something in our hearts resonates with that. Oh, if it only could be that way. And we read in the second chapter of Genesis, in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and a few verses later, it says this, And the Lord commanded Adam, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. So God gave them everything. One tree, one command. Don't eat from that. And if you do, there is a consequence. Can you? Any of you parents? That's like God, a parent, saying, Here are the boundaries, here's all the freedom you have, but if you do this, I'm warning you, there are consequences to your actions. If you eat from this tree, you will surely die. That's the first time death is brought into things. And very quickly, chapter 3, so that's like a few verses later, we have Satan shows up, who's enemy of God, who disobeyed God in heaven, cast out of heaven, And Satan's on seeking revenge and to steal, rob, and destroy. And Satan says to Eve, here's famous words, Did God really say? So there's the hook. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And Eve actually responds well. She gives the boundaries. She says, God said this, and if we eat of it, we're going to die. And Satan comes again in verse 4. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. So she ate, Adam ate, their eyes were opened, they realized they were naked, they felt ashamed, and guess what they did? They hid from God. Now can I just say, I think it's miraculous and God's mercy they ate, and they just didn't drop dead. <laughs> so we have a lot of complaints about God, don't we? God, it's not fair. God, why would you allow this? I'm like, God, you're a merciful God. Because you said, if, we, if they eat, you will surely die. And yet, they live. But there were consequences for their sin. So sin is this. It's disobeying God. But disobeying comes from what? Disobeying comes from not Believing God. Do you understand that? God reveals himself. God shares his heart, his truth, his boundaries. And we all have choices. And most of the time, our disobeying God comes out of, we don't actually believe God. And here are the two main consequences of disobeying God for Adam and Eve, and subsequently, we're in their heritage. This, a very obvious one physical death so death came and we see that all the way through that physical death came that there's a separation of the spirit that god breathes into us from the body in genesis 2 when god created the physical body he breathed life into the body there is spirit james two twenty six later says this as the body without the spirit is dead there it's a mystery we poof even with all of our medical science, it's hard to explain. But there's our physical flesh body. But we all know there's something else. Our mind, our emotions, our will, and the spirit that God's created meshed together. And when we physically die, the body dies, but our spirit lives on. And if any of you have ever been with anyone who's died, and we have April here this morning working on palliative care for a number of years And you talk to someone like April Doctors, and I've had some experience of just being there when people pass, we say, pass along because their body stays here, but their spirit goes. You can tell when the spirit leaves. Life has left. And sin brings physical death, Romans 6.23. For the wages, the results of sin is death. And not just for human beings, but for plants and animals, and Romans 8, Paul goes on to describe and says that all creation is groaning, it's in bondage to decay, that death entered the world for physical humans, but for our world. And physical death brings, for many people throughout history, right to today, a fear of death as well. Not for all, but for many. Folks, we don't want to die. It's something in us. We're like, And we want to remain healthy and strong and vibrant. And we have a whole set of billions of dollars of advertising trying to make us young and live and fit. We also have a culture that makes a lot of horror movies and makes millions of dollars off of this fear of dying. But just as there's a physical death, and this is the one that a lot of people I think everyone agrees with the physical death. Not everyone agrees with the second consequence of sin, that there's a spiritual death. Just as physical death was a result of sin, sin also causes a spiritual death. We are separated from God. That's our biggest issue. Adam and Eve, the command was this. You eat, you will surely die. And God allowed them to live, but there was a spiritual death death they were ashamed they were fearful and they hid from god and paul explains this one in romans 5:12. he says therefore just as sin entered the world through one man that's adam and death through sin that was the consequence and in this way death came to all men and women because all have sinned in the bible we don't have time to unpack it here but the Bible says that we're born into sin. The DNA in us is sinful. We're separated from God, that we're born in sin. And David in the Old Testament even said, hey, even when I was, I was sinful, even in my mother's womb. We're in Adam. The consequences of Adam are in us. But this, we willingly sin as well. So We just can't blame it on Adam. We choose to disobey God. We choose all the time to do our own thing and to go our own way. And we're dead spiritually. We're unable to hear God's voice. We're unable to love God. We're unable to worship God. We're unable to live for God. And we're separated from God. And we see all the consequences of it in our life here on earth. But a bigger issue is we're separated from God after our physical death and what the Bible calls hell, that we are separated from God for eternity. And the Bible teaches whether we believe God or not, there is an everlasting existence for our spirit. And hell is not a myth, and it's not a funny place just for people to hang out and party. The Bible teaches there's a real hell awaiting every person who rejects Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if we go all the way to the last book of the Bible, Revelation 20.15 says, At the judgment, if anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he or she was thrown into the lake, of fire and the only way we get our name written in the book of life is when we put our faith and hope in jesus christ as savior and lord which i'll explain in a few minutes so the bible doesn't teach annihilation that when you die it's all over it's done it doesn't teach reincarnation that you'll undergo repeated rebirths on planet earth and depending on how kind you were before you'll come back as something better the bible doesn't teach that the bible says we die Our body physically died, but our spirit lives on either in heaven with God, if we know Jesus, or we're going to be eternally separated from God. The Bible says heaven or hell for eternity. And if you want to read Jesus' words, Jesus spoke probably more about hell than almost anything else. So folks, it's a reality. And it's something we don't want to talk about, and I know it can be a heavy But folks, it's there. And the Bible also says this, and this is the good news. God doesn't want anyone to be separated from him. God's word says this, that God desires that none should perish apart from him. We see in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And John 3:17 says God didn't send Jesus in the world to condemn the world but to save the world. Folks, the world's already condemned through the sin of Adam and Eve and through our sin. And the Bible really reveals that in our humanity we condemn ourselves to hell because in our blindness, in our stubbornness, in our selfishness, in our rebellion if we refuse to humble ourselves and we refuse to receive the way of salvation found in Jesus Christ, that is the consequence for our choices. Now, folks, that's the bad news. That is, you don't know it's good news unless you know it's bad news. The bad news is, apart from Jesus, we're separated from God, we're physically dying every day. One day, and we don't know what day it's gonna be, we will physically die and our spirit will depart, and either our spirit will be in heaven with Jesus or in hell apart from Jesus for eternity. It's a pretty sobering thought, isn't it? And you can say, Joe, why are you talking about hell at Christmas? That is the whole point of Christmas. And the good news is this. An angel came, and an angel declared this. Fear not. Do not Be afraid, because I'm bringing you good news, and it's not just news of like so so joy. What is it? It's good news of great joy. For today, a Savior is being born, and He's come to save all people. How many people? All people, all backgrounds, cultures, languages, people groups, colors, races, languages. Good news! Good news! Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Why? Because I have great news of great joy. Because today, a Savior is born who's for all people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has given an answer. God has made a way. God has come to give the solution to what? physical death, and spiritual death. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Good news. Great joy. A savior for all people. Hallelujah. That's why we're here today. Jesus is our savior. Into this chaos and confusion and mess and pain of humanity, Jesus came as a baby. God became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us a savior has come, a hero has come, a rescuer has come. Hallelujah. Jesus came to deal with the big three of our enemies, sin, Satan, and death. Do you realize you have three big enemies? The power of sin, the consequences of sin. We have a real enemy, Satan, who wants to rob, kill, and destroy. We have death as the final enemy. Acts 10, 38, Peter says this to the people, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Do you realize you're under the power of the devil if you are not under the power of Jesus Christ? Do you realize that? You're not neutral territory. So I meet so many people, think, no, I'm my own person. I get to make my own choices. And I'm not going to follow God. I'm not going to follow the devil. I'm going to do my own thing. You're fooled. The Bible says if you're not under the power of Jesus, you are under the power of the devil. You're not a free agent. You're not neutral. You've been blinded. You've been fooled. And Jesus came to deal with sin, Satan, and death. And Jesus is unique in every aspect of his life. His life. Jesus is unique as a Savior because of Jesus' birth. Jesus was born like no other person on planet Earth. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary, supernatural. She was a virgin, supernatural. No one else has ever been born like that, yet born of a woman. Labor, pain, messy birth. Supernatural, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a woman. Messy. Painful. Born supernaturally, born natural. Jesus was unique in his birth. Jesus was unique in his life on earth. Jesus lived like no other person ever in history. Jesus never sinned, even though he had opportunity to sin. He broke that lineage of Adam. He obeyed his father's will. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. He brought heaven to earth. Imagine being with Jesus, healings from diseases and sicknesses, deliverance for those held captive to unclean, evil, demonic spirits, teaching with authority that no one's ever heard, with clarity and truth and grace, love and compassion and care and tenderness. Jesus raised the dead three times. We see a 12-year-old girl, a young man, and his friend Lazarus. Four days later, supernatural. Jesus was unique in his death. He died like no other human because he was the Lamb of God. Who took away the sins of the world he was the great sacrifice he was the great substitute he who was innocent lived that incredible imagine the life i just told you about he was condemned to die innocent incredible god god emmanuel god with us and what was his sentence you're condemned to die sinless yet considered sinful the sin of the world placed on jesus the penalty And the consequences of sin placed on Jesus and justice was served. Sin get what it deserves, punishment. Justice served. The wrath of God poured out on Jesus and God was satisfied. And when Jesus died, it says that darkness covered the earth for hours. Has anyone else ever died and darkness is covered the earth. Jesus unique in his birth. Jesus unique in his life. Jesus was unique even in his death. Jesus is unique because he was raised from the dead. God had the resurrection power to raise Jesus to live forever. And witnesses testified to it. And Jesus is alive today. Jesus was unique because he ascended. He returned to heaven to sit at the right hand of God and to pour out his spirit for all who believe in him. Jesus is unique because he's reigning right now and he's interceding for us, for his people. And Jesus is ruling and reigning. And as we read out a passage from Isaiah earlier today, that his government and his rule is ever increasing. And what is God doing? God is making Jesus' enemies, it says this, his footstool. Jesus is ruling and reigning and his enemies who are great are getting smaller smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and under the control of Jesus. And it says, making his enemies Jesus' footstool. Satan, death, sin. And Jesus is unique because Jesus promised that he's going to return. And Jesus one day will return, and it says this, that he will deal with death, the last enemy will forever be dealt with. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Because I bring good news of great joy because we have a savior who's for all people hallelujah jesus deals with sin and the consequences of sin he deals with satan who has power because satan usurped adam and eve and took over power here on planet earth he's rooting him out and jesus is going to deal with the last enemy death when he returns Folks, I want us to understand when we sing these Christmas carols that are full of truth, think about this one. Mild he lays his glory by. He was God, but he laid his divinity, the power of his divinity here. Born that man no more may die. Let me say that. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man and woman no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hallelujah. And if we choose to respond to God's invitation to receive salvation from sin, Satan, death, and we make a choice to put our faith, hope, and commitment in Jesus Christ as both Savior from sin, Satan, death, and Jesus is our Lord. Now He's our leader, He's our ruler. Amazing things happen. And the Bible says this, that we are born again. We're not born again physically, but we're born again. That spiritual death, now we're born again to have relationship with God. And he gives us his Holy Spirit. And it says this, that Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That either Jesus is going to return first, and he's going to see his Spirit in us, and he's going to know that we belong to him, or... If we physically die before he returns, our spirit is going to be in heaven because our name's going to be written in that book of life. And God knows who belongs to him. When we die, our physical body dies. It's buried. But our spirit goes to be with Jesus. And one day, the Bible's amazing, it says this, we're going to receive a new body. Woof! Come on. Paul Fulham, that's good news, isn't it? Hallelujah. You're going to receive a new body. Hallelujah. It's good news for all of us. Someone like Paul battling for decades with physical things. Paul, we see this. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since death came through a man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. Philippians 3, 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Whoo! Hallelujah! So everyone dealing with physical pain and suffering and all that, you put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ, this physical body is going to go But we're awaiting a savior from heaven who's going to come and by his power, he's going to transform our lowly bodies and he's going to give us a glorious body and we will be like Jesus. That is good news. So if your body is in rough shape, fear not. Don't be afraid. There's good news of great joy here this morning because we have a savior. who's not only going to save your soul, your spirit, but he's going to return. He's going to give you a glorious new body Ollie, you're going to be out of work. No more physio need it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to receive a glorious new body. So really this morning, I mean in one sense, this is as plain, simple message as you can get. Bad news? Sin, we disobey God. Our consequences of sin, we're separated from God, and it's going to result in physical death and spiritual death. Bad news. Satan controls us, whether we know it or not, and he's a, he plays us for a fool because we don't know it, and we think we're just a free agent, but we're under the power of the devil, and we're going to physically die, and every day people die. And every day at the hospital, people die. Every day at the hospital, every day in accidents, every day. And we physically die. And we got all kinds of dead people walking around even though they're physically alive, but they're dead spiritually. And we have a real hell that no one wants to talk about. But the Bible's very clear that if we don't know Jesus, when we die, our spirit's gonna be separated from God. And it's terrible. And in the midst of bad news, God invades planet Earth. And he fulfills all his promises that he gave over hundreds and hundreds of years. Folks, if you want some evidence whether this is true or not, just look at the prediction of Jesus being born in Bethlehem, hundreds of years. All these things fulfilled in Jesus' birth, his life, and his death. We're not crazy to believe these things. It's a reasonable faith. And yes, we have to take that step of faith, but folks, we're not crazy. God has come and said what he was going to do. He was going to send a Savior, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And the angels were able to announce Do not be afraid. Fear not. I think we heard that a few times this morning, didn't we? During worship. I think a few people said that. Don't be afraid. Fear not. And it doesn't end there. Why? Because there's a reason. Because there's good news of great joy. Because a Savior has been born to you. Who is for all the people. So, John started this morning during worship, John was saying, Jesus is the great equalizer. He is. He's the savior for all people. He's the savior of the world. No matter your background, culture, language, tribe, tongue, nation, Jesus is the savior of the world. And really God presents us with a choice. And God says, if you reject me, you're going to deal with fear and loss and pain and separation. And you're going to have to kind of go it alone here on planet Earth, let alone for eternity. And I say this morning, who would want that? And he offers, however, if you receive the Savior, I'm going to deal with your fears. I'm going to deal with your pain and your suffering and your losses and we've got a glorious future ahead. Hebrews 2, 14-15, the author writes this. Since the children, that's us, like human humans, since the children have flesh and blood, he, Jesus, too, shared in their humanity, so that by his death, his death on the cross, Jesus, I love this, might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So this morning, if you have a fear of dying, that's understandable. And some people are gripped, like really gripped by fear of death. They, I know people, they've never gone to a funeral. They won't because they just don't want to be around death. And it's gripping. It's a fear. And the Bible says this, Jesus his birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension, he has destroyed Satan who holds the power of death and he can free us who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Fear not. Don't be afraid anymore of dying. Because if you have put your hope and faith in Jesus Christ, he's with you and he'll carry you through and he'll get you to the other side. So, I encourage you this morning. I exhort you this morning. I plead with you this morning for you to personally receive this good news. Because I can kind of put it out there and I can kind of do it in a blanket thing, but every one of us has to respond. And if we don't receive Jesus as our Savior, we're still separated from God. We're out going it alone here on planet Earth. We're still under the power of the devil whether we realize it or not, we still have to face fear alone, the fear of dying, and most of all, an eternity without God. That's one option. But I join with the angel in declaring and announcing to you today, fear not, don't be afraid, because this is good news. This is gospel is good news of great joy. Because a Savior has been born. And we know the end of the story from Luke 2 onwards. That a Savior has been born who was unique in his birth, unique in his life, unique in his death, unique in his resurrection, unique in his ascension, and will be re- unique in his return. And what he promised, and what God promised in the Old Testament, it was fulfilled. It was finished. And what God promises about Jesus returning and what's to come, that's a faithful God that we can believe in. And that Neve can read from Hebrews 11.1 1, and saying, that is faith. We're assured of these great truths. And even though we don't see it all yet, we're believing and we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to close it there, but this is what I'm going to ask. is sometimes when we do a message, and it can be true today, we can say, look, this Christmas season... Hey, will you think about this? Will you give it some thought and, you know, make a decision sometime soon? That could be it. I'm going to be a bit more specific and say, folks, this is just reality. It's not a scare tactic, this is reality. We do not know when we're going to die. We don't know. Today might be that day. That is a reality. So I'm just gonna ask, in the next five minutes, would you consider today saying, I want in on this good news. I want in on this great joy. Guess what, you're qualified because you're a person. This good news of great joy is for all people. You're, it's for you. A savior has come to deal with physical death, and to deal with spiritual death. And you can put your hope and trust in the Savior, who we have been singing about all morning. You can do that now. And you can be what the Bible says, born again. You can have new spiritual life that will forever alter your destiny, both here on planet Earth and for eternity. And folks, that's what Christmas is is all about. So I'm going to pray, we're going to sing, and we're going to provide an opportunity in the next five minutes for you to be able to pray, for you to be able to receive this gift of salvation, for you to be able to personalize and saying Jesus Christ is my Savior. And we're going to talk about Him becoming your Lord, that He's now the leader of your life for His glory and purposes. So let me pray. The worship team is going to come. We're going to sing and we're going to lead you in that prayer. So Father in heaven, we thank you today for your salvation that you provided in Jesus. We thank you that we don't have to fear anymore and that there's good news of great joy for all of us. And God, I just pray now by your Holy Spirit, would you open up hearts and open up minds. May people respond today that salvation is here today. And may they put their hope and faith and trust in you, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're able, why don't we stand? Grace and the team are going to lead us. And we're just thanking God that he's provided a savior. We're declaring Jesus is our savior. We will help and provide just some direction of how you can respond. And we want to receive good news today of great joy that we have a savior. So Grace and the team will lead us and then we'll give you some more instruction at the end.